it would have been paid for. It might have also been because I didn't have good enough grades. Mm. Maybe they had like, you have to get a 3.5 to take dual enrollment or something like that. But like, I didn't do that. So, I didn't, ha- I was like, I barely graduated high school. So lucky. <laughs> so I remember going to Valencia. And that was my only goal with high school was just to graduate. Just to graduate. I just want to get graduate. I don't, I don't want to make it like extra fun or like extra. I don't want to put any extra work into it. I want to have fun while I'm here. But I do want to pass. So I literally passed. I think you had to have a C in every class to pass. And that's what I did. You had a C in every class? I mean, I did better in some places, but I did not have a single D or an F because I knew I wouldn't be able to pass. So I was able to pass with C's and above. C's get degrees. C's get degrees. (laughs) Except I I only got, yeah, my high school degree. Is that something? No, it's just a diploma. I didn't even get a degree. (laughs) So Uh, I went to Valencia Community College for my senior year, and I took what was called the CPT test, which was a computerized placement test. And basically, I answered questions, and it said, okay, this is the level of education that you're at, so this is what you qualify to be able to take here at the community college. And I remember taking pre-college algebra um, my senior year of high school, and I was at the community college with a whole bunch of other college students. I was probably the youngest one in, in there, considering that I was only in 12th grade. So I was like 17. Um, but I remember I loved that teacher so much. Oh, my. It was a man. Oh. <laughs> so don't get excited. But like, he, he, like... I never even really talked to him. Like there was probably yeah. 35. I've had teachers that I never really talked to, but that as a teacher, it was like, they are the most amazing teacher and they're my favorite teacher. Right. So I took, oh my goodness. I just remembered something from this class. I can't forget to tell you this specific math class. So I took the math class, youngest kid in the class. There's probably 40 people in this class. All of them adults. Wait, wait, you're saying dual enrolling. This wasn't online. Enrolling. No, I was, this was at like the, your, oh. I was at the community college oh. in a classroom with college students. Oh, and I'm still in high school taking this college class. That is interesting. I bet we had the option to dual enroll that way with like snow college that was close by. But the way that we did it at our high school was in an, a dual enrolling building off the high school. Just for high schoolers taking college classes. And they would just go into that building and they would have a teacher that hmm. was projected up on like the oh, screen in front from a college somewhere else. Oh, I actually went and to then, the college. And they would have to talk to their teacher through the computer or whatever. And so that's interesting. What I loved about this teacher was the process that he went through in his mind to solve problems was exactly the process that I went through. Oh, I love that. So like what I learned from Saxon, it was it taught you concepts, it taught you about numbers and the way everything works, the way it's all connected. It teaches you how to think and solve problems. And there's more than one way to solve a problem. But the way that I did it in my mind automatically was also the way that he did it. So anytime he would jump to an answer or some type of a conclusion, half the students would be like, wait, how did you get this from that? But I always understood. Oh, I love that. It just made perfect sense. And so I was always like, I'm digging, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Like, I really like this class. And I remember doing really well in that class. And, he, and here's the fun part. At the end of the class, it was like the final, right? So here, everybody's in the class. We're taking this final test of the semester. 
and I'm sitting at the table at the table, and I'm writing my answers, and I'm just having a great old time. And he calls me up to the front of the class, in front of everybody. Oh my! I don't think I've ever told you this. I don't think so. So I get up and I walk to the front of the classroom, and I'm like, "Hey, yeah, what do you need?" And he's kind of whispering to me. He's like, "Hey, look, uh, you've already got." Uh, like 100% in this class. So it doesn't matter what you get in this test. And if you want to leave right now, you can. Uh, and I was the only one in the whole class. you're like, um, see ya. And I was like, okay, cool. So I, I went back down to my table and I was like, I'm just going to do all the easy problems. And then I gave him my test and I left because he was like, you can go. Like, you're already going to get 100%. Wow. <laughs> He's like, you don't need to be here. Yeah. I probably could have taken college algebra and done just as well. Because oh, that was like that was pre-college algebra. And wow. I aced it. Um, the only other class that I took when I was dual enrolling was a real estate class. Yeah. And everybody in the class was intent was taking this class for the purpose of being able to get their real estate license. And I took the class and I passed it. But I never got my real estate license. You just took it to learn. I wanted to know real estate because I wanted Which to do real estate. He's, you know, it's just so funny to me that you're so good at math. And like we, when we first met each other, you were like, I can teach anybody anything. And you were very prideful about it. You're like, I could totally <laughs> teach you, anybody. You use the word prideful, but I think the word you mean confident. is confident. Because there's a difference. Okay, okay. You're very confident <laughs> Thank about you. it. Thank you. Prideful. Like, <laughs> like, I can teach anybody anything. And then you tried to teach me math. Or you tried to, yeah, I think you tried to help me with my math, but the way that we think math is totally different. Like I, you, I would have been one of those kids that did not get your teacher You're just like at all. Cross-eyed like, excuse me. Really? <laughs> Rude. <laughs> Jerk. Anyways. <laughs> That's Rude. Um, Can you repeat the entire But you know, lesson? like I had teachers that I got too that were like, that were, they thought the same way I did with math. I remember one teacher that I was like, oh, this is so much better than my last math teacher. And then I didn't get her again and I had somebody else and I was like, no, I can't. Like, it, it was so weird. I had a really hard time with math. But like, as we, as you were trying to help me with my college math um, and it wasn't working, I wasn't getting it, you were devastated because in your mind you were like 100% sure you could figure out how to help me and you couldn't it didn't work and I was and I was like I'm sorry like and you were really really upset about it for a little while and it's just so funny to me because sometimes I feel like we are like we come to earth with this um with certain desires because we are supposed to be that, or we are supposed to learn. Mm. We like we probably. Uh, this is what I believe. Now I'm going real deep with this, but I believe that we all watched what we were supposed to do here on Earth before we came, and I think that you knew you were supposed to be a mentor for people, and I think that when you tried to be a mentor in that way, it wasn't quite the right way, and it wasn't quite the right timing. And it was devastating to you because it didn't work the way that you pictured in your mind, which was probably just an impression that you had from before you came to earth. Mm. Because now you are a mentor and you are helping other people with a lot of different things. And you've always felt comfortable in that position. And I think it's, it's the same as like when I was a kid, I had this huge desire 
naturally. That's what I think it's a natural desire when we were shown something before we came here. And we just want to make that happen no matter what. Right. But um, I had this natural desire to become an actor. I just wanted to become an actor. I knew I could do it. I knew that I could do it. And then I found out that most Hollywood actors have to do a lot of terrible things to get to where they are. Or they have one good video that, like, Robin Williams, like, he really inspired me. And I was like, I want to be just like him. And then, and then he um, did a whole bunch of other videos that were, like, really bad with a lot of horrible things in them but he was willing to do all of those things and I was like well I'm not willing to do all those things I just want to do the good stuff you know (laughs) and so I was like well I guess I can't be that anymore and it it, like devastated me because I had this huge desire to become that and little did I know it's just not the right timing and it was not the right way Mm -hmm. and now I know it's because of YouTube like I was supposed to be part of YouTube and and I could be an actor here and I could be comfortable and not do things that aren't aren't that don't go along with my values so like anyways I just find it really interesting that at that one point you tried really hard to mentor me and it didn't work and now you're mentoring people but it's in a different way and it's the right time and I don't know it's just I just had that thought while you were talking about math (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's interesting looking back now I'm like trying to remember what specifically I was trying to teach you and what was frustrating to me about it and I feel like it was probably like a foundational understanding of mathematics. Yeah, it was a very, it was... Um, like I was trying to teach you this advanced concept, which I needed you to at least be here to yeah. be able to understand, but you were like, I don't even understand this. And yeah. I'm like, crap, <laughs> we got to go all the way down here. And But but it was like you were jumping ahead right. and, and couldn't help it because it was so easy for you to do that, but it wasn't easy for me. Right. So anyways, yeah. it's just interesting... <laughs> And that's why when I hear people say things like they have a a built-in desire to become this or they've always wanted to do this and they don't do it, I'm just like, oh no, like don't give up on that so easily. I feel like those are impressions of a memory from what you've already been shown. Honestly, that's what I believe. And I, I just... It just makes me like, you know what it makes me like? I've been thinking about this a lot for the past couple of days because things keep popping up on my phone, like saying the exact same things in a different way. And I'm like, okay, I think this is like teaching me a lesson, right? It's a sign. It's a sign. (laughs) But like um, people that don't progress or that don't progress very quickly are often making excuses or they often have reasons why they're not moving forward. Right. But people that move forward quickly and that love to progress, they will look at where they want to be. And instead of saying, I can't do that because of this, they'll say, Oh, I want to be there. What skills do I need to learn between here and there that will get me there? like that I don't already possess. So they're not looking at what are my strengths already and I'll just go with that. They're like, oh, I need to learn something new. Okay, this is hard, but I got to do it. And then they get there. So I, I guess that's what is inspiring to me and what I've been thinking about a lot lately. Like if there's anywhere that you want to be and anything that you want to do, it's not impossible and it doesn't matter what it is. 
You just need to learn the skills that you that you don't already possess or that you might have a little bit of to get where you need to be. It's just a different way of thinking, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that was one of the biggest things, like of all of my self-education, all of my homeschool experience, I think if I could sum it all up in one big takeaway, one valuable lesson, and that is actually two, two things. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, number one, I know how to teach myself. I know how to learn, like how to learn mm-hmm. is a skill to, yeah. to be able to know how to teach myself and how to learn and remember what I'm learning. Mm-hmm. And number two, to develop a love for learning. Mm-hmm. That's like lifelong. And I truly admire him for being able to do both of those things. Whenever I go to the movies and they're like, are you a student or whatever? I'm like, yes, I'm a student. Of life. Of life. I'm always learning. I don't have to be enrolled at a college to be a student. Like, I'm always learning. I'm always a student. And it blows me away at how easy that is for him to think that way. And I know that it's because of homeschool. Because I have had to unschool my brain. Like... I just feel like going to public school, which is what I did all except for eighth grade, half of a year where I just didn't do anything. (laughs) And I went home, home school. (laughs) (laughs) But like, I think, I think what I had to unlearn was I hate learning. I hated learning because it was not things that I wanted to learn that I felt shoved down my throat. I didn't want to learn math because I had a reason and it was legitimate, but nobody listened to me. Like it was that I was, I was behind in elementary levels that people were like, Oh, you're in middle school. You're in high school. It's not, there's just little things here and there. It doesn't matter that much, but it mattered to me. And I was confused enough that it was very frustrating to do math for the rest of all of the rest of math. So to, to have little things like that that were ignored by teachers because it wasn't like necessary or it wasn't like a big enough problem to them, but it was big enough to me. So I just decided I hated it. And I felt absolutely forced and I did not want to do it. So as an adult, I I have really struggled from switching my mind from, I don't want to learn that. You can't make me. In my mind, like I literally have had that where it's like, you can't make me, you can't make me. I don't want to do it. I'm an adult now. I can do whatever I want. (laughs) To like, what do I actually want to learn? What do I want to learn? And then focus on those things and not not even let myself be forced to do something I don't want to do. And I... And in other ways, it's like teaching me how to learn something that I don't necessarily want to learn by just allowing myself to be passionate about things and letting myself learn those. Mm. So it's weird. It's like I'm learning from you as an example, like how to, how to teach myself, how to learn, how to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Problem solving. Because if I didn't want to I never had to do problem solving I could just let was that the front door I don't think so that sounded like there was a knock yeah um if I wanted to I could just let the teacher explain everything to me and that's what I did because I didn't want to learn 
I didn't try on my own. And so I let the teacher force it down my throat because that was the only way I was going to do it. I was just a little rebel. Mm-hmm. But honestly, the best thing you that did happen C's, to me, so I got my C's. <laughs> but you know what? Before I, so I would say elementary school all the way leading up to eighth grade, I didn't want to learn. I just didn't want to. And I did, and it wasn't even I didn't want to learn. I also didn't want to wake up early in the morning and I didn't want to go to school. I didn't want to be around that many people for that many hours. So like just the structure of it, I hated the so, whole structure of it, I hated. So that attitude, it really is just, it's just an attitude. That mm-hmm. attitude of, I don't want to learn, I hate this. Would you call that a learning disability? Or would you just say it was a bad attitude? No, it was just a bad attitude. Because I could learn anything. I can learn anything. Because I think that that's where James is right now too. I think, mm. I see him and he's and I see what he can learn. And how smart he is, I can see he's brilliant. But when it comes to specific things, he does not want to learn it. Mm -hmm. And therefore, because of his attitude, he doesn't learn it. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have a learning disability. He just doesn't want to. Yeah. And and That comes from you. Well, it does. It really does. I look at him in like the learning way and I think that's me. You look at him in like the brilliant way <laughs> and, the, and the rebellious way. And you're like, that's me. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. Well, we just, we just got to, how do we, how do we overcome that for a child that has the that attitude? that helped me the most was to find a teacher who wasn't annoyed to be at school too. Because that was another thing. Mm. I could see teachers that were annoyed to be there. And I was like, you really expect me to want to be here when you don't even want to be here? Mm. If the teacher doesn't have like, a passion and yeah. excitement. And most of the teachers that I had didn't really care about being there. Yeah. They didn't want to. They were excited when it was there. Like when they didn't have kids around them, like <laughs> I, it really frustrated me that I was expected to be excited about it when they weren't mm. like, how dare they? That's how I, I was like, how hypocritical of you. That's, <laughs> that's totally my attitude. I still kind of feel that way, but honestly, I have a lot more p- compassion for teachers because they go through a lot. They go through so much. They had to deal with me. And they and trying I I could see how frustrating it would be to try to get a child enthusiastic about learning when that child just doesn't want to wake up early. Or that child like there was times where I was hungry. I was so hungry because I missed breakfast, but I still had to go to all my classes. Like this was like every day of most of Like I was starving to death. It felt like by the time lunch came around. Mm -hmm. And so like, I couldn't think clearly. Right. That wasn't something that, but I was expected to learn. Think about our kids. When they they haven't eaten, they have zero tolerance. When we get ready to film a video, we feed them (laughs) because they need to, you know, I mean, it's not just then that we've make, we feed them, but you know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> gotta make sure everything's good. We gotta make so sure everything's no taken care yeah. of or else it is a disaster. Mm-hmm. And so I can, I have some empathy for those teachers who are trying to be, trying to get kids in, excited about things. Well, these kids, I mean, can you even imagine if they were also being abused at home? Or if they were going, if they didn't have school clothes, right. they didn't have the things that they actually needed but they were expected to go anyway. 
That's when you create a rebel. There's a hundred million reasons why the kids are not going to be able to pay attention or care about what they're learning about. So yeah, I I definitely don't envy them and the work that they do. The best thing that ever happened to me was, so it was from kindergarten basically all the way up until eighth grade that I just didn't want to be there. I just didn't want to. And there was really nothing anybody could have done to make me want to go. (laughs) It's not their fault. It was me. It was just, I didn't want to. I think that the biggest shift for me was going from, you know, this is my mom's responsibility to educate me to now it's my responsibility to learn. Mm -hmm. To, because if I fail, that's on me. Mm -hmm. You know, other people might be like, oh, to, to my mom, you know, or my, or my dad and my parents and be like, you're failing your children because they don't have a proper education. You know, like people might criticize my parents, but as a kid, I took the responsibility and mm-hmm. I think that's appropriate because I said, I want to learn. I'm self-motivated to learn and it's not anybody else's, mm-hmm. no one else is accountable for my failure to learn, but me. Yeah. And what, what gave me the excitement to learn again was going home and not learning anything for six months. That was exactly what I needed. I did not need to do homeschool. I didn't. Every teacher would have fought me on that. Every single teacher would have been like, oh, no, you're going to fall behind. You're going you're gonna to mess up. This is, you're going to have... But just taking you know, that like, vacation kind of refreshed your mind. That vacation was exactly what I needed because it basically starved me of education. And up until that point, it was, you know, two months here for summer that I got off where I didn't have to do anything, which wasn't enough for me. Mm -hmm. I needed that six months of education starvation. (laughs) And then when you came back to school, you're like, (laughs) yeah, I did. I was like, okay, I can do anything. But, and I was so worried too, because at the end of my six months of going to homeschool, they made me take a test. And so that whole time I was freaking out in my brain because I was like, I'm not doing anything. I'm not doing anything. I'm going to fail. I'm going to fail. I'm going to be held back. I'm going to have to do eighth grade again. And I passed. There was no reason for me to worry that whole time. I could have just not even worried and not done a single thing and I would have passed. And that taught me something too. That made me think, okay, I wasn't doing as bad as I thought I was in school. I was doing much better than I thought I was because I did nothing. And that made me also question how much time we spend in school. Absolutely. Why did I need to spend that much time in school? I would, that six months would have been wasted, stressed (laughs) out. Like if I would have gone to public school, I would have been stressed to the hilt. I was going through so much just emotionally at puberty that I couldn't even handle my emotions. I was just like crying all the time and like just being around other people really overwhelmed me that were also going through the same things I was going through. I just couldn't handle it. I couldn't handle it. And I needed time away from other kids and I needed time to do nothing. I think public school has become free babysitting justified by the fact that your kids are supposed to be learning something. Whoa. That's my perspective. This is beach theory, right? I can say whatever I want. <laughs> hey, you might not agree, but like, I, I just, I just think that. I think, I think it's become. I think to an extent, for some people, yeah. it is. That's all. <laughs> and then there's other people who really excel at school. I didn't, but there are people who I think Corbin would be one of those. Good on him. Yeah. Well. 
I think that wraps up our homeschool ex- like education experience. And, if and you, once I got to high, high school, I was good and I did want to learn. There were we'll, some things that I didn't want we'll to learn. We'll talk some more about our snow college experience. Or maybe we already did that. But anyway, thank you guys so much for tuning <sighs> into Beach Theory. I like this episode personally. I think it was a fun one to talk about. It's because you like education. <laughs> I do. I, thank you I'm guys. still learning. I'm learning to like it. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. We really appreciate your support. We got more Fun Beach Theory every single week. So make sure to stay tuned, subscribe, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Super excited for today's episode because it paints me in a little bit better of a light than the last episode. Last episode, we talked about camping stories, and you heard all of my confessions of my teenage rebellions. I had some too. We're not perfect. Surprise. Well, I wasn't, but now I am. Just kidding. Definitely learned a lot from those life lessons. Yeah. So, um, but today, so if you missed that one, by the way, make sure you give it a listen. It was a fun one. Yeah, it was. I want to talk today a little bit more about what homeschool was like uh, for me when I became a teenager. Because I feel like as a kid, I don't really remember homeschool. I did I did third and fourth grade public school. And then after that, um, things really kind of changed as I went to middle school and high school uh, as far as homeschool goes. So I want to talk a little bit about that, and then maybe you can talk about my schooling, your education, career. career. <laughs> um, so, first of all, I taught myself math. I have these math books. Actually, I'm looking at them right now. Those are the exact same books that I used. Not those exact same books, but it was those books. Yeah, like. Yeah. It was a it was an identical copy. Yes, yes. I'm gonna go grab one real fast. Saxon math books, which is funny because at some points in school that's the exact same books I used. I remember those books from You actually used Saxon? I used Saxon math books, yeah. I did algebra one half. So then what's your excuse? You should be better at math. I don't like it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I found Honestly, out. I though even though I don't like it now, I feel like I want to learn to love it. Well, you're in for a treat because these books are actually really fun. And I've been thinking about it as as the kids get to be old enough to be able to start you doing You want to do it with them? I think it'd be fun to do it with them. I like, actually kind of do too. I have actually been thinking that. Well, what's cool about it is like, okay, so just looking at these books, like they're all, it has a lesson and it talks about, okay, expanded notation using exponents. So, and then it literally explains the whole lesson. Numbers like 10, 100, 1000, 10,000 and so on can be named as powers of 10. So 10 to the one with one exponent equals 10 
10 squared equals 100. Mm -hmm. And so it, it explains it very clearly mm -hmm. to the point where I literally went through all of these books over my high school career and read the lesson, did the practice, and then I would do the problem set. And it was like, it all made sense. To me, it's almost like a different language. But like, even the, even the explanation of it is like, I mean, at this age, I'm sure I would be able to figure it out. It builds slowly though. It introduces like, so for example, that lesson I was just reading that you're like, okay, what do even those I just words realized, mean? I think I know part of the reason why maths, I struggled so hard with math. Why? Because I moved a lot and they mm. would switch from one textbook to another, or I would move and then I would be ahead in one area and behind in others because they did it out of order. So mm. like, um, there's things I missed. Like there's gaps that were significant enough that certain lessons would be so frustrating to me because I missed pieces and the teacher wasn't teaching me the gaps that I missed and didn't even know. And I, it was almost like I didn't know what I didn't know. Right. I didn't, I was like, well, I don't know. I, all I would know is that I didn't know how to do it. But because I had the book and I literally went through it one lesson at a time, teaching it to myself, I never missed anything. You're amazing. You're amazing. But it, honestly, like, it would bring in a brand new concept, but it teaches it so clearly in these books to where I literally read the lesson and I was like, oh, that makes sense. So rather than having a teacher in front of the class being like, this is a decimal, this is what a decimal is. I read the book, which says, this is a decimal. This is how a decimal acts. Like it's, it's all in here to where as long as you read the book, you can literally teach yourself through reading the book. That's cool. And that's that exactly really what I did. Cool. Like all the way up through algebra one, algebra two, when I was in, so I'm going to, I'm just going to tell you guys a confession. Here is actually a confession. I, <laughs> I didn't expect to do any confessions in this episode. Oh my, I'm um, telling you there's confessions <laughs> in every episode. But in the 10th grade, so at the, at the end of every year, and this is true for all of my homeschool experience, at the end of every single year, we usually crammed a lot because we were way behind. <laughs> um, but at the end of every year, we would go see a teacher, like a certified teacher with the state or with the county, and she would evaluate what we had done that year. She'd kind of quiz us a little bit. She would ask us questions about what did we read? What did we, let me see your journal. Like, what did you write about? I want to see your punctuation, your spelling, grammar. They would look at our math and look at our problems and have us maybe do a couple math problems in front of her to make sure that we actually were absorbing what we were learning. Um, and so through this process, we'd be evaluated to determine if we would pass to the next grade with, with the city or the, or the county. Um, and so every year we'd go and I'd, and I'd take the evaluation and I usually felt like I passed by the, like the skin of my teeth. Yeah. Like every year I'd be, I'd do like nothing all year. And then in like the month before the evaluation, I would just like cram. Do, I have to do every book textbook. <laughs> Cause I month. did nothing this year. I have to do this whole textbook this week. Right. Yeah. It, there were times where I would have my math book and I'd be like, I have to do 10 lessons a day to get caught up. And so I would only do the lesson, the practice, and then I would skip the normal problem set, which was always a review. Oh. And I would just do practice for all 10 lessons, and then I would do all the review to try and cram as much as I could get into a small amount of time. Mm. And I didn't retain very well because of that. But anyway, I went for my review at the end of my 10th grade, and I actually failed. Ah! Did you guys know that? I failed the 10th grade. Like, wow. straight up 
did not pass the 10th grade. Ooh, that would be a good bowl game video or bowl game. Yeah. Thing. I failed the 10th grade. I failed grade. the 10th grade. I did. And so she said, I. Um, by the way, I mentioned the bowl sorry. game in a different video. The bowl game we play with Jordan Page and all of our YouTube friends that are awesome. And like, she always plays it at her house where you write down things on a, two things on a piece of paper that define you or that you did, you went through that they might not know. And then everybody goes around the room and tries to figure out which people that could have been. Mm-hmm. And they kind of point fingers at each other. And it's really fun to see what they, who they think. Like it's total judgment. Like I'm judging you right now. And I think you were that person. It's really funny. So, so they read the notes. I failed the 10th grade. And they're like, I think that was probably Rebecca. And then I'm like, nope, it was me. And then they're like, no way. What? I can't really? believe you failed the 10th yeah, grade. You're way so too fun. smart. <laughs> <laughs> wow thanks a lot <laughs> but that's the that's the gist of the game and it's really fun so that would be a really good bowl game that would be a good one so i was so frustrated when my evaluation finished and i found out that i failed the 10th grade and i was like i'm really annoyed by this and so i decided right then and there i was like you know what i'm not gonna redo the 10th grade i'm not gonna just be satisfied with my next evaluation being like okay you passed the 10th grade. Good job. I said, I'm going to do the 10th grade and get caught up in the 11th grade in one year so that I'll still be on pace with everybody else. Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't willing to let it just be. Now I'm that still way. in 10th grade. Yeah. So I got so like committed. And so I like, I like dove into my math books and I did Wait, all I of wanna, it. I want to ask because that's like my ultimate fear in like growing up. I was like, what if I get held back? What if I get held back? Mm-hmm. Like, what did that mean to you? And how did she tell you you didn't pass? Like, was it like... It was more of like, hey, look, you know, you needed to do this much work and it's like you didn't even try, right? Like, I'm sorry, but I can't in good conscience let you pass the grade when you didn't do hardly anything. You know, like, <clears throat> it, it was accountability, right for me and she said I can't and I can't in good conscience pass you when I'm looking at the work that you did this year and it's not enough to say that you are worthy to pass to the next grade Mm -hmm. it was just a serious conversation so it wasn't like I cannot believe you you have failed 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 that's like what I imagined in my brain (laughs) there was no emotion (laughs) it was just very matter of fact like I'm sorry this is how it has to be yeah and I was just like, in my mind, I was like, no, I'm devastated. And in all reality, like I knew it was my fault. Yeah. And my mom didn't take accountability for me because at this point, like literally throughout my entire high school experience, because I was homeschooled, my mom didn't teach me anything. It was mm. all on me. I read the math books. I did. I learned the math lessons. Every now and then I might have a question, but I came on. I can't figure this out. I'm really, really struggling. And so I'd show her the lesson. She'd read through it with me, try to understand it herself because she was probably learning it a second time. You know, mm-hmm. it'd been who knows how long. And then she would try to be like, okay, I think I understand it. Is this the right way? And then we'd figure it out together. Yeah. But 90- Can you imagine having the internet now? Oh, yeah. I didn't That would be that. so different. But like my spelling book, like I would do all the practice. My mom would just quiz me. 
and language. I would read the lessons of language and I would do it. And I read a lot. So I knew grammar pretty well in punctuation and mm-hmm. I read the history books and I might have to write a report, but it was like very hands off for my mom because I was kind of on autopilot. You know, I didn't need anybody to, to micromanage me. I knew how to look at a book and say, okay, there's 150 lessons in this book, which means I need to do two lessons a week or three lessons a week to be able to finish by the end of the year. Math, math, blah, blah, blah. You love doing math problems in your head. I actually do. He really does. He does it for fun when he's bored. Math problems in his head. Corbin does too, though. Corbin does too. Sometimes, I am not. Sometimes I'll just be sitting around and Corbin <laughs> will walk up and be like, hey, dad, I know what one plus two plus three plus four plus five plus six plus seven is. And I'm like, what? And he'll tell me, I don't even know what it is. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, good job. But that tells me that like he's been sitting there just thinking about it and doing math in his head for fun. Yeah. Oh, what was it? The other one, the other day, he's like, there's seven. Okay, I think there's exactly four weeks in a month. Because seven, four times is 28. And I know that some months have 28 days. Yeah. And he was just like... That means if my calculations are correct. <laughs> he didn't say that, <laughs> but he did say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's just like me. He just does math and Michael problems looked at me and fun. he's like, he does math problems in his head for fun. He's, and I was that's like, not good. Good for him. <laughs> just kidding. No, I think that's great. Yeah. I, I'm excited. Honestly, like, I can't wait till he's at the point where he can start Saxon. Because oh, I think yeah. he's really going to love he's it. He's close, I think. What's cool about it, like, I feel like it teaches you how to figure out math, like how to really enjoy math just doing the books. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm proud to say that I accomplished my goal and I, I completed the 10th grade and 11th grade in one year. That's amazing. Um, to the point where... Which the, I actually think every kid could do that. Oh, Totally. Because when you're going to public school, you get kind of slowed down by all the other people. If you're like ahead of them, it doesn't really matter because you have to wait for the teacher to catch all the other kids up. I firmly believe that all of the education that kids get from first to 12th grade could be crammed into a couple years. Mm -hmm. Because if you like actually work on it, Mm -hmm. and and even doing 10th and 11th grade in one year, I only probably spent a couple hours a day doing school. Mm-hmm. Like I still spent less time in school actually working than you did going to public school mm-hmm. for an entire day. Uh, well, 100%. I was there like eight hours a day mm-hmm. between like before and after school, about a half an hour before school and after school and there for seven hours plus the extra hour. Yeah. Yeah. Like if I had spent that much oh, time. Oh, look, I did math problems in my head just for fun. Good job. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> but, but no, it's like, and that was, that was without any extra activities, mm-hmm. like eight hours every single day. If I had spent that much time on school, I could have done <sighs> three grades done every year. Yeah, you could have. But that would have been only at home that you could have done that and not like at public school. Absolutely. So after I, after I went back for my evaluation, I don't remember that conversation very well, except I remember being like, hey, um, I've, I've done all my math books. I'm ready for more. I think I want to try to dual enroll at a community college for my senior year. Hmm. Um, and so she was like, okay, yeah, it looks like you did get caught up. You did all this work. Good was job. Was she so proud of you? I, I don't remember. 
at this um, point. All I remember was failing the 10th grade, cramming the next year and doing a lot and then dual enrolling the year after that. Okay. Which basically dual enrolling was I was technically still a high school in high school at, in the 12th grade, but I applied and I was taking college classes. And we actually had the option to do that too, but I didn't do that. (laughs) (laughs) We had the option to do that too. But the thing is actually it costed, you had to pay per class. I I didn't have to pay anything because school is paid for, public school is paid for. And because my community college was the public school that I was attending, it was covered under. It might have also been not, I don't know if 